The Bugging Out Podcast is brought to you by BattleBox. How are you going to find your new favorite piece of outdoor gear? If you sign up for a BattleBox, it finds you. Our bug out bags are loaded with gear we've gotten from BattleBox. BattleBox is your go-to monthly subscription for hand-picked survival, camping, everyday carry, and all-around epic outdoor gear. Getting the best gear for yourself takes time and can be incredibly expensive. BattleBox brings you name-brand, high-quality products every month at half the price of what they'd cost on their own. Just pick the box that works for you and get tested and vetted products that you can trust that are selected by an expert team of outdoor professionals. From an Aquapod emergency water kit to an Atomic Bear survival bivy, delivered right to your doorstep each month. BattleBox has shipped over 1 million boxes since 2015 and even have their own show on Netflix. For a limited time, you can save 20% off your first box at BattleBox.com. That's 20% off your first BattleBox subscription right now at B-A-T-T-L-B-O-X.com. Just use the code BUGOUT at checkout. When it comes to being a prepper, one of the most popular topics that gets thrown around is bug out bags. I get it, they're sexy, they're fun, they're flashy. What cool gear can you cram into your pack to keep you going for at least 72 hours? Sometimes the approach is to buy anything you can think of and hope it all fits. Sometimes the approach is to head online and buy a pre-made kit. But are either of these the right approach? Maybe it's time we spoke to an expert in the field. The first thing I would want to say is, what is a bug out bag? This is Jonathan Hollerman. He is the author of the best-selling book, Survival Theory. His credentials and experience speak for themselves. Uh, I am a former United States Air Force SEER instructor. SEER stands for Survival, Evasion, Resistance, and Escape. Our job was to train pilots and air crew members how to survive if they got shot down behind enemy lines, how to survive, how to evade the enemy. Uh, we taught them resistance techniques, uh, basically anti-interrogation techniques, how to escape capture. Uh, I also run a consulting company called Grid Down Consulting, where I consult with clients and help them prepare for the hard times that are coming in the future. I've consulted with over 500 families in the last seven or eight years. I've done 100 on-site survivor treat analysis, and I have also designed and built from the ground up uh, 12 to 15 survival retreats. I am also a member of the Electromagnetic Defense Task Force. Uh, that is a working group down at the LeMay Wargaming Center at Maxwell Air Force Base that looks at the long-term grid down events in this country and how the government and how the military would respond to such an event and wargaming that scenario. So, as you can see, Jonathan understands the topic at hand. Now, back to his original point. What is a bug out bag? So the first thing I would want to clarify is what are you trying to achieve? So in my book, Survival Theory, I break down bug out bags into four categories. The first one's going to be a get home bag. The second one is going to be a bug out bag. The third one's going to be a lone wolf pack. And the fourth one's, uh, which you can throw in there is what I would consider an assault pack. So as you can see, it's not cut and dry on what we are calling a bug out bag. Breaking each type of pack down to its essential function is a critical first step in building your kit. The assault pack is a small bag that you have accessible once you were at your survival retreat. It's kind of a grab and go if you had to like go on patrol or if you had to move about your property. 
Uh, you should always have some very basic supplies with you. This is gonna be a very small pack, typically in a Camelback, a small one. Is an assault pack right for you? Is this a kit you should have? Maybe. Everyone's situation will be different and each of these packs may or may not be crucial for your bug out plan. Let's move on. The second one that I would discuss would be a get home bag. So this would be a type of bag that you keep in your vehicle when you travel or just on a daily basis if you work 20 minutes from home. Uh, you should have a, a small, a small bag of equipment to get you home. Uh, typically when I see get home bags, people put way too much gear uh, in their get home bags. If it's gonna take you less than a day to get home or even two days, very, very minimal equipment. You can cover a lot of ground in a day. I mean, you can walk. If you're just doing it for one day, you, you can cover 30 miles on, on hard pack roads to get home. So you don't need a ton of equipment. The get home bag may not seem relevant to your bug out plan, but it most certainly is. As SHTF hits, your number one goal will be to get back to your home, family, or group if it is at all possible. Some situations will dictate that impossible. And that's why we have contingencies in our bug out plan. But getting back to home base will be key. Uh, and then the, the other one, which is the common misconception, okay, uh, when you're talking bug out bags, is the difference between a bug out bag, what I consider a bug out bag, and a lone wolf pack, right? So most websites, what they advertise for a bug out bag looks more like a lone wolf pack. A lone wolf pack is something I would say is everything in the kitchen sink. That means that I have to survive for an indeterminate amount of time with the gear that I'm carrying with me. In that case, you're going to want everything in the kitchen sink. That bag is probably going to be 90 pounds uh, if, if you're a full grown male. So that's where you have all kinds of systems and backups and redundancies and radios and, and all kinds of things that you wouldn't normally carry in a bug out bag. So a lone wolf pack is something that you're gonna go and you're gonna live off of, right? Now, the lone wolf pack will probably not be relevant to most of us. As Jonathan said, this pack is the king of them all, including any gear you would need to survive indefinitely. But that's not what this podcast is about. Our goal here is just to get away from danger to our final location, which we hope is better suited for survival until the situation either resolves itself or become safe enough to return to. Let's get to the final pack on the list, the bug out bag. Coming down to the final one, the most important one, the bug out bag, which is, in my opinion, is a bag to get you out of the city to your predetermined bug out location. And typically that's gonna be a two to three day journey at max, right? And what I see is, I see a lot of people on a lot of websites, a lot of YouTube videos promoting people carrying just an absolute ton of gear in their regular bug out bag and i think that is a negative uh, i mean there is one philosophy that you could carry everything and then as you travel you can just ditch stuff along the road uh, that is something that you could consider but unless you're a, a 21 year old young buck that just got back from afghanistan and you're used to rucking and carrying a, a 70 pound pack on your back every single day uh eat sleep drinking um I really think you should think about what you are carrying. In a three-day bug out bag, typically I would like to see that pack under 40 pounds, max. Mine's at 35 pounds as it sits right now.
Now that we have the basics of what a bug out bag is versus other types of packs, let's look at how we equip our own bug out bag. This is where things get fun. We asked Jonathan what items absolutely have to be in your pack. There's five core essentials that every bug out bag should have. And number one would be a water canteen and a purification system or tablets. Again, I see people overdoing this. I see them carrying catadine, uh, you know, large filtration units. Uh, the other thing I don't like are these survival straws where you have to lay down in a puddle and stick your face down into a puddle because uh, you're only drinking as you come across water. And that's, that's not going to keep you hydrated and that's not going to work for you. You need to have ability to resupply your water along the route uh, as you travel and do so quickly and stay on the move. Uh, so I really recommend purification tablets and a uh, again, as far as water goes, I really think a, a, a camelback bladder is critically important. As a SEER instructor up in the mountains of Washington State in the summer when it gets really hot out there, you can get dehydrated really quick hiking up and down the mountains or, or hiking along the, the trails and the roads. So having a camelback bladder, and if you don't know, it's basically a, a flexible pouch that goes in your pack and it has a tube that comes over your shoulder. And there's a little nozzle there and you just pick the nozzle up and you bite down and you suck, right? So you have water accessible to drink at every second it's four inches from your mouth you don't have to stop to, you know a lot of people carry water like a canteen or a a water bottle and you have to stop typically take your pack off pull your water bottle out the problem is when you're walking and you're hiking and, and you've got other things on your mind you don't want to stop all the time and, and keep going through that process right it's better to just stay moving and have water accessible to you at any given moment. A hundred ounce Camelback lighter is what I use. Purification tablets, again, you're on the road, you stop, you, you filter with a section of t-shirt, you filter the water into your canteen. So I carry a Camelback bladder and a large canteen bottle. As I travel, I will refill the canteen bottle with a section of t-shirt or something to filter out any large particles from whatever I'm getting water from. And then I'll put my two purification tablets in there, screw the lid on and continue hiking. I'm drinking from my Camelback bladder, which is already purified water. And then when I do stop, uh, you know, because those purification tablets typically take 20 or 30 minutes to, to go into effect. When I stop, I will take that water and transfer it to my Camelback bladder, refill that canteen, keep moving. So that's how I run my water uh, system. The purification tablets are really lightweight and you can carry a bunch of them. If we've learned anything over the years hosting a prepping podcast, it's that everything seems to come back to water, and bugging out is no different. You will need to stay hydrated as you hike, drive, or crawl your way to your bug out location. And depending on your situation, the pipes may not be flowing, or your supply may be compromised. Let's move on to the second essential item for your bug out bag, and that is fire. Item number two is a fire starting kit, okay? If you are go if you're talking about a lone wolf pack, by all means, um, carry a, a ferro rod, magnesium rod, uh, carry tons of tinder. You can you can have a big huge pouch just with fire starting equipment. Just in any of the other packs, that's a lone wolf pack. A bug out bag, a get home bag, and a salt pack. I'm only carrying big lighters three or four redundancy is key they're super lightweight they work really well i know there's different types of lighters but bic are cheap they're easy and uh, they last a long time there's no way you're going to go through two or three bic lighters on your three-day bug out trip 
Maybe you lose one, that's why you have two or three, you have an extra one, one in your pocket, one in your fire starting kit, maybe one somewhere else in your pack as a backup to a backup. I like the lightweight, like tinder balls, uh, Vaseline cotton balls. There's a lot of different fire starting, like tinder kits. I would go that route as opposed to a fat stick or, or something that's heavy. So again, we're trying to focus on weight and you don't need a million of them. You're gonna be traveling for three days. If you build one fire, you're lucky. You're probably not even gonna build one. So have a half dozen balls of tinder, a couple lighters, keep it simple, keep it lightweight. This advice almost seems too simple. No ferro rod, no crazy gear to start fire from your bare hands. Well, like he said, Bic lighters are cheap, reliable, and they're lightweight. If your pack is still light for you and you feel better adding some additional fire starting gear, by all means, go nuts. But the tried and true Bic lighter will do the trick 99% of the time. The third one's gonna be a knife and a multi-tool. So uh, typically I carry a pocket knife, I carry a larger Cold Steel SRK, uh, a larger full-size knife in my pack. And then the other thing is a multi-tool. You, you, and on your multi-tool, I, I go into this further in Sprout 3, you don't need a thousand items on your multi-tool. You need some screwdrivers, knives, a mini saw, a can opener, you need about 10 items on there. You don't need scissors. You don't need toothpicks. You don't need a hundred different things on your multi-tool. Uh, get a quality multi-tool. They're only about 40 or 50 bucks. So water, fire starting kit, knife and multi-tool. Jonathan hits on something here that I think is worth highlighting. Get quality gear. It may be tempting to grab a cheap flashlight or pick up that $5 bargain bin knife for your pack. Just don't do it. In a situation where you were actually bugging out and using this gear, your life may just depend on this stuff. With all of the essential gear Jonathan mentions, it's worth your effort and your money to do some research and to get good quality gear. Believe us, we've used all the cheap stuff and we've used all the expensive stuff. It's cheap for a reason. And number four would be a flashlight. Um, I believe in simple flashlights. Uh, with one or two, you know, low, medium, and high. You don't need strobe. You're not going to be dancing disco while you're out on the, the open road. Get a simple flashlight and make sure you have a backup. Make sure it's a quality flashlight too. So water, fire, knife, flashlight. And the fifth one is a first aid kit. That is a must have. And again, so everybody does overdoes on their first aid kit. They buy these first aid kits online and they're this big thing that unrolls and you got band-aids and Tylenol and Midol and all kinds of stuff in there. Uh, in my books, Ralph Theory, I talk about a first aid trauma kit, which is your just your basic core essentials. You've got a Cat5 tourniquet, you've got quick clot Sealox A plunger, you've got Sealox gauze, you've got a pressure bandage, uh, you've got chest seals. You want to carry the, the medical trauma equipment that will help you survive a worst case scenario event. You know, maybe carry some 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 band-aids, maybe carry some uh, moleskin, carry some, definitely some Tylenol and some Midol, because especially if you're carrying a pack, you're not used to it, you're gonna need some of that. So very basic, very small uh, list of equipment for the first stage. So that is stuff that is, is vital. Now that we know the gear we absolutely have to have in our bug out bag, we think it's important to also look at the gear we can leave behind. Weight will be a critical factor for our pack and knowing what you can do without will be just as critical as what to bring. You, you, you don't need an emergency radio in most cases. That's a lot of extra dead weight. You're not gonna be walking around with it on your shoulder. If it's a 
EMP, solar flare, if it's a long-term grid down event, none of those stations are gonna be working. And unless you're traveling or trying to meet up with a group somewhere where you need to transmit back and forth, last thing I'd be doing is transmitting on the open road. I would just try and get from point A to point B, have your radios, have all that equipment at your location when you get there. So that's one of the things I see a lot. And, and again, the second thing is like full-size tents, okay? Uh, I recommend that you dual purpose as much stuff in your pack as you can. In SEER in the military, we took military ponchos with the hood and some 550 core. And so you can use that as a poncho in the rain to keep yourself off the, out of the rain. And then when you go somewhere, you can build a small lean-to with that poncho with some 550 core tied up some trees and, and stake down to the ground with some sticks. You don't need to carry stakes. Just keep things simple. You don't need to carry tent poles and all this other stuff on a, on a short bug out. Now, again, if it's a lone wolf pack and you'll be living for a long period of time, then yeah, you want a quality tent that you can set up each night. So those are a couple of things that I see that people carry that they, they don't really need to be carrying. The big thing is, is understand what your objective is and don't overdo it, right? So I, I already kind of mentioned those things, but I think the first thing is, is people go and they, they just find some random guy that was a former Navy SEAL or this guy that that hasn't really wrapped their brain around a grid down scenario or a, a bug out scenario. And they're telling you all this stuff that they carried in the military. Well, they were Navy SEAL and they carried 90 pound packs. So I need to carry the same gear. Think about who you're listening to and where you're getting your advice. Uh, Navy SEALs, I'm not denigrating them. I'm just saying, uh, think about where you're getting advi your advice from and if it's relevant to your situation at hand. Think about your the length of your trip. Do I really need to carry all this extra stuff? and uh, you know, make a decision from there. Your bug out bag is a critical component of your bug out plan. As we have heard from the experts, take your time when choosing your gear and make sure the gear you choose fits your plan and will do the job you need it to do. It happened. You thought about it a million times, gone over it in your head as you lay in bed trying to sleep, but it actually happened. At first, most people didn't give it much of a thought. Fox News flashed their seemingly daily breaking news opener, which never seems to be actually much of anything. A politician caught in a sex scandal or a panda did some shit, you know, run of the meal type stuff. But this time it was different. This virus has become widespread in a matter of hours. It seems authorities have pinpointed the outbreak to a small western Colorado hospital. You go on with your life for the evening, unaware that you would wake to an absolute nightmare. You first start to realize this was serious when you grab your phone to check emails first thing in the morning as you lay in bed. Facebook had story after story about the spread and lethality of this new unknown pathogen. It had spread to Utah, Wyoming, Nebraska, and Kansas overnight. Thousands already dead. Hospitals were being overrun. It started with a simple headache then turned to high fevers and violent vomiting. About a third died within the first 12 hours. You scramble for the TV remote and click on the news. The CDC is calling this an unknown pathogen and is urging state and local authorities to quarantine immediately. Governors of four states have declared a state of emergency. Several maps appear on screen with bright red outlines of the quarantine areas you don't hesitate. You rush to the bedroom, grab your bug out bag from the side of your bed and hurry to your Jeep. There are only two main roads out of town and you choose the less traveled of the two, hoping to avoid or beat the police roadblocks. 
racing down the highway, your N95 mask on just in case. You feel ridiculous, but you're not taking any chances. The radio is playing nothing but the emergency broadcast signal. This that robotic voice telling you to stay inside, keep doors and windows shut. You've got United to get out of there. Government. This is not a test. The sun is just starting to creep over the ridge line as you near the edge of town, when the flashing lights start to faintly flicker on the passing trees and brush. Red and blue. You're too late. Your bug out location is about five miles beyond the roadblock. You slow to a stop about a quarter mile from the police line. When you suddenly catch a glimpse of a two track ancient looking Jeep trail on the hill, about a half mile to the east, you take the chance while you can and push the gear shift into four high and accelerate through the brush between trees and straight to the dirt road. In this imagined scenario, your choice of a good off-road bug-out vehicle may have saved you from a forced quarantine, and may have even saved your life. In the next episode, we will discuss and explore the bug-out vehicle. What's the most important piece of gear in your kit? The one you need. Make sure you're outfitted for every situation with new gear every month from BattleBox. BattleBox is your go-to monthly subscription for hand-picked survival, camping, everyday carry, and all-around epic outdoor gear. When you're in the outdoors, the right gear makes all the difference. And the best way to make sure that you've got the best gear in your kit is BattleBox. For a limited time, you can save 20% off your first box at BattleBox.com. That is B-A-T-T-L-B-O-X.com. Just use the code BUGOUT at checkout.